1: Welcome to Sustainable Success. Hope everyone's having a great week. We're here in the first week of April. What a magnificent week it's been here in the New York City area. We hope the same for you. We're going to have a great show today. But before we start, we want to welcome those new listeners here to Sustainable Success. You found us here at the Voice America Influencers Channel, and we encourage those to also track us on Apple and Spotify, including our Facebook page, at Sustainable Success 2017. There you'll find many of our great guests over the years sharing their words of wisdom and insights to help move your business and personal success to the next level. We're all about creating experiences, sharing versus telling to help you to decide what works for you to move yourself forward. We're so excited to again have our sponsor, uh, Alumni Direct. They're a new social media community platform dedicated to helping alumni come together a chance to rekindle old relationships in an authentic way, taking all the noise out of social media with no notifications, and an opportunity to really share all types of content that helps you to bridge old relationships and perhaps new people. Perhaps you might meet or land your next new job or business opportunity through Alumni Direct. Check them out at alumnidirect.com. That's alumnidirect.com. Well, we got a great show, and today we're going to be uh, talking about Uh, 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 about redemption and success, the importance of exit planning in multifamily investments. And our guest today is going to be Mike Morosky. And before I met uh, you, meet Mike. And before we bring him on, I'm going to give you a brief description. He is an entrepreneur with over 30 plus years of experience. After selling his contracting company, he endeavored in the real estate business, reaching 4,000 multifamily units and management of 7,500 units. When the 2008 market uh, crash emerged, his efforts to save the company and protect private investors, Mike suffered major consequences. Mike currently uses his knowledge to help clients grow a steady business focused on short-term cash flow and long-term wealth through real estate. And he has got a powerful story. So just sit, get ready, get your seats, get your, notes and, uh, your pen and notes out, because there's going to be a great information that Mike is going to share in. Without further ado, we welcome Mike to the show. Mike, how you doing?
2: I'm good, Chris. Thanks for having me.
1: Great. We are so excited to have you here and, you know, you and I had met probably almost uh probably almost a year ago now. It seems like it was not too long ago uh, in a clubhouse and, you know, we really got grown to really enjoy each other's conversations and and it's so such a pleasure to, you know, finally have you here on the show. You know, before we dive into the whole thing about multifamily investments and, and the things that you do in that area to help people, you know, a lot of times success is not always easy. And sometimes we have success, we lose it, and then we have a chance to regain it again. It's that process. And I love the fact we're talking about redemption and success. And you have a powerful story that where you went from success to not having success back to success again. And we'd love to hear a little bit more from your perspective that, to help people that might be going through that right now.
2: Yeah. Um, so like you said, Chris, I've been in real estate for 30 years and I started out, I had a general contracting company and, you know, being an entrepreneur and I'm a serial entrepreneur, uh, but being an entrepreneur, you kind of do everything in the business yourself. And uh, to, especially when you're a small company. But I was a very successful contractor. The problem was I was still doing all the marketing and all the scheduling and hiring and job selling and contracts and all the bookkeeping. And I was still banging nails in the market, in the field. And I woke up one morning and I remember looking at my wife just going, man, I'm burnt out. I can't do this anymore. And I think part of it was I had somebody knocking on my door to buy the company at the time. And I decided to sell the company and take a year off. And years ago, I, I uh, remember Jim Rowan saying, mm. "Success leaves clues, and yeah. that if you followed successful people, you could ultimately uh, change the lear- you know, cut the learning curve, maybe do better, maybe grow uh, a little bit quicker, or or do something different." So I took a year off, and during that year, my wife and I house hacked. House hacking today is, is the sexy thing, but back then it was unheard of, but people do it today. They live in the property. They, they fix it up. They sell it. They go on to the next one. And house hacking is you know kind of expected in the marketplace today. Back then it wasn't. I remember her screaming at me because nails were on the floor, right? <laughs> <laughs> but we, did, we house hacked two houses. And during that time, I met a real estate agent who was really ex- successful at, at what he did. During that time, and 30 years ago, to be making you know three quarters of a million dollars in commissions in the real estate business was almost unheard of, and he was that successful. So I went to him and I said, "Hey, Todd, um, I would like to go into real estate business." He said, "Man, I think you'd be great at it, Mike," and he encouraged me to do that. So I started. Uh, uh, you know, I went to him and said, "Hey, could I could I shadow you? Could I shadow your team?" And he said, "No, I'm going to do better." I'm going to make you a cassette tape. Now I'm dating myself a little bit here.
1: I remember that. Believe me, I'm I'm from that era. I know those days.
2: The the problem, Chris, is I don't think we can find anything to make a cassette tape on today. (laughs)
0: Exactly.
2: So he made me this cassette tape and I literally listened to that thing night and day. And uh, I, I followed those fundamental principles that he taught. And you know, this is that success leaves clues. I just did everything he told me to do, and my first nine months in the real estate business, I sold seventy-eight houses. Wow! Um, I went on to build a team selling well over a hundred a year, and did that consecutively for about twelve years. Two thousand five, I saw the market starting to shift, and I knew something was going to change. I didn't know exactly what it was or what was going to happen but I decided to go in the apartment business. And you know, I didn't just wake up one morning and decide to go in the apartment business. And when I was in the construction business, I watched a large apartment uh, operator, a syndicator uh, for years and did a lot of work for them. But I understood this. I understood what private equity was. And I knew that if you raised private equity from individuals like yourself and married it with a great real estate deal, that it, it provide great returns, as long as everything went well, everybody did well. Mm. So, um I decided to syndicate my first apartment deal. And that just means that I went out. I found an a uh, small eleven unit uh, apartment uh, house, and I went and uh, raised the capital to close that deal. We got it closed. We ran it. We operated. But what was interesting to me was that, uh, that was the first of 4,000 units that I bought. Mm-hmm. I went and I raised $18 million, bought $60 million worth of real estate, and uh, it was 4,000 apartments in five U.S. markets and did that in 30 months. Wow! Uh, alongside of it, I built that property management company managing 7,500 doors. So I built a company pretty close to $100 million in value in about three years um, it was, it was crazy. We ran, you know, Chris, you and I, before the show, were talking about how busy we are right now. You think this is busy. You should have been involved in some of that. So, um, so, you know, 2008 rolled around and, and just tell me if you want me to stop somewhere and you want to unpack any of this.
1: No, no, please go. Mike, this is, uh, this is we we're, we we're, we're, this is so informal and we, it's about the experience and, and you're sharing from the heart. So please keep going.
2: Sure. So 2008 rolled around, and I remember having lunch with my CFO of my company. I'd built a company, 130 employees around the country, and my CFO and I were sitting down to lunch, and uh, I remember watching the news. And Chris, you probably can remember this, but the news was on, and they were carrying boxes out of Lehman Brothers by the dozens.
1: Yes, I remember that. I was at a trade show in in Atlanta when that happened at, a, at an aviation event. And yeah, I remember that day.
2: Yep. And I looked across the table in the middle of Bites and I said, we're screwed, aren't we? He said, yeah, we're in big trouble. And and I don't know that I understood the magnitude of that little couple of lines during that lunch, but it, it just started to spiral out of control. I actually thought, at first I thought, hey, this is the housing industry, a lot of bad paper on Wall Street. You know, this is going to clear up It'll clear all the garbage out of the business and, you know, the business will run a little bit smoother. And and I'm old enough to remember a recession. So I've been through a couple of cycles where, you know, they last 17 or 18 months. There's a 10 or 12% correction in the marketplace and then you bounce back. Well, this wasn't like that. You know, this went on for seven or eight years, uh, 40% correction in the market. And it just, it, it knocked a lot of people off their center. Oh, yeah. I had 38 different companies. Uh, some were very profitable. Some were not so profitable as a result of what had happened. Um, during that time, I tried to figure out how I was going to continue to pay my bills because I had a lot of occupancy in my apartments drop. I had um, bills I couldn't pay. And and I had probably a dozen uh, um, companies that I should have just let go to foreclosure. I should had a dozen properties I should have just let go to foreclosure and a handful of investors get hurt but that's not who I was at the core. I didn't want people to get hurt. I didn't want people to uh, experience any bad situations. So I thought I could fix it. So I went to my accountant, went to my attorney and said, Hey, what do we do? And uh, I decided to start moving money back and forth between companies. So I would take money from profitable companies Uh, move it to non-profitable companies. My attorney and my accountant both said, it's okay to do that. Just leave a paper trail when you do it, when the markets bounce back, put the money back. So I thought, hey, this is good to go. We can do it this way. So um, it was fine until uh, it wasn't fine. And because of non-disclosure, I wound up being charged on wire fraud and mail fraud charges and got sentenced to 10 years in federal prison non-disclosure charges. Um, So, you know, my life came to a screeching halt. I thought, I thought my life was over. I, I, I always tell people, Chris, I say, Hey, I went from um, being the neighborhood baseball coach from, uh, you know, having a modest home. I never flew private. I didn't have a boat. I didn't buy a big house or a fancy car. I was home every night for dinner. I loved my wife. We had a great marriage, and um, we were best friends. And I got ripped from that to live in a 12 by 12 room with three men I didn't know, nor did I like, and wondering what the hell happened in my life. Um, fast forward a couple of weeks, I'm in prison about 21 days, and my wife decides that she's going to divorce me. Um, it wrecked me. And I really felt like you know my world was over, and now what? So I walked around every day. You know, the joke in prison was, hey, we probably should take his shoelaces because we think he's going to hurt himself. And, you know, this is a story about hope and inspiration. You know, we all have defining moments in our life. And, And a lot of us have more than one throughout the course of our life. But I think that we need to grasp those when they come around. And so I'm in prison about six weeks and I walk into the gym one day. And I always tell people, I say, hey, you know, I was only window shopping. I wasn't looking to buy anything at this point. I'd gone from running marathons to being 35 pounds overweight. I hated myself, wondering how I was going to get through today, much less 10 years. This guy walks up to me and he goes, hey, look, don't let these people uh, defeat you. They can take everything from you. They can take your business, your money, your apartments. They can destroy your family. But what they can't take is who you are and what you're made of. And I don't know, something clicked for me. He said, come to my class every day, start working out. You'll start to lose weight. You'll start to feel better. He said, "Um, and you don't know what will change in your life. And for whatever reason, I took him up on that. I started going to his class. I started working out. I started feeling better. Chris, I wound up going to college. Um, I took a four-year course. And for the next four years, I studied theology, got a bachelor's degree in theology, I wrote two books. I wrote a book called Exit Plan, Your Complete Guide to Multifamily Investing and Why You Need an Exit Plan Before You Buy. I uh, would love to give a copy of that away at the end of the show. Um, I wrote a book on property management. I uh, went on to write a course in ethics and I taught real estate investing, property management, and ethics for six years in prison. I was on an outreach program, went into the community, told my story 40 times to small business owners and local area uh, college students. I wound up meeting a professor at the University of Minnesota, and he and I co-authored a paper together that we had published in the Business Journal of Ethics. It, got, uh, it gets taught today at the collegiate level for forensic accounting and sales and marketing classes. And today I'm home. I'm in the coaching and training business. I teach uh, investors how to invest in multifamily, new and uh, seasoned investors, help them scale their business, uh, and and hopefully not make the same mistakes I made, not grow so fast. You know, the five things I learned as a result of this were: I grew too fast. I was very unstable. I was undercapitalized as a company. I didn't raise enough money. I was over leveraged. I owned $65 million worth of real estate that we had 70 or 85% loan to value on. Chris, at that time, I don't know who was worse, me or the banks for giving it to me. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, and the, and they picked the low hanging fruit. So we, um, um, uh, I, I had all of this exposure and uh, didn't listen to the details or the uh, didn't pay attention to the red flags around me and the people who were saying, hey, be careful, watch out what's going on around you. So um, those are the lessons I've learned. And those are the lessons that I like to teach people today. Like I said, I'm home in the coaching and training business. I teach people. I just got approved by the SEC I'm I'm back sponsoring deals again. We just closed a 40-unit apartment deal in Tampa. Yeah, I saw that
1: in your newsletter. Congratulations.
2: Yeah. Thanks. We're we're actively raising capital on that deal, um, bringing private investors in. Great opportunity for people, especially in that Tampa, Florida market. And then, um, you know, my goal is to tell the world my story. Right. I want people to understand. Don't let your past define you. Yeah. Don't let your past dictate your future because we all have challenges. We all have setbacks, but don't live in a mental prison. Move forward.
1: Wow. That's powerful, Mike. And Mike, you know, it, it's so, you know, uh, you know, your story is so powerful. I know I had a, another person I knew well, that was a successful businessman and something happened in his business where, you know, that, you know, it, it was just from association to something that was not going with, that was not uh, legal. And that it wasn't that he even knew about it or, was part of, but because of the association with somebody else in his firm, you know, he had to obviously do time uh, as well, unfortunately, but but didn't really miss a beat. You know, when he got back out, he was able to get things moving again. And really, you know, again, I I think what it comes down to, like what you said, is that mindset. Like you were able to find that that, you know, they can't take away who I am. And the only who can allow that to happen is me. And you you grounded yourself and really prepped yourself to really Find that faith in in yourself and a higher power to uh, to move forward. We got to go to break, Mike. But you know, when we come back, everybody, we got more to come from Mike. We hope that this story can relate to you. Um, You know, it's just powerful. And someone that that when it comes to resilience and grit, and someone that you know that just did not give up on himself. This is the man that you want to talk to, Mike. And again, anybody out there that that again, uh, you know, that hosts events. This is someone that you definitely should reach out to have speak at your next event. With that being said, we got to go to break, but when we come back, we got more to come. And again, we're talking here about redemption and success, the importance of exit planning in the multifamily investments. We'll be right back after the break.
0: What is balance? Again, that's one 472 5795 or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success.
1: Welcome back to Sustainable Success. If you're just joining us, we're here with uh, Mike Morowski. Again, he's an entrepreneur with over 30 plus years experience in the real estate and investments. And um, if you missed the first segment you can listen to the show in its entirety here later today and we highly recommend that you do. Mike was very transparent sharing his story and this is something that every entrepreneur regardless of what business or where you are in the path of success should listen to this story because it is inspiring to help you wherever you are to move forward. Mike, you know, you put out a book and I and I can actually see the book in the background exit plan and you know you talk about you know, you know, the exit plan in, you know, you know, this case, multifamily investments, it can be, I guess, any type of, of, of real estate investment. Let's talk a little bit about, you know, exit planning and why that is so important. Because oftentimes, even in businesses, many people fail to have an exit strategy or a plan in place.
2: Yeah, I, I think it's more than even just real estate. I, yeah. you know, the book is about real estate. It's about multifamily apartments. Yeah. But I, I think any business needs to really think about exit planning. Yeah. You know, years ago, Chris, I read a book by Stephen Cubby called Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Probably one of the best books I ever read. Yeah. Um, and chapter two in that book says begin with the end in mind. Yeah. And and that always stuck with me. So over the years, I spent hundreds of thousands of dollars and countless hours in training seminars, reading books, listening to tapes, um, and listen, some really, really great teachers and trainers out there. You know, somebody told me one time, they said, hey, can you quantify that hundreds of thousands of dollars? I said, yeah. I said, I've been personally coached. I've had a personal coach in my life for well over 20 years at $1,000 a month for 20 years. You figure it out. It's about one hundred eighty thousand dollars. Yes. So um, over the years, but it's paid tenfold, Chris. Tenfold. I'll never forget the first time I walked away uh, from a, a table at an event, wrote a check for a thousand dollars, walked away, went, "Oh my God, how am I going to pay for this?" And much less, how am I going to go home and tell my wife I just did this? Yeah. But you know, um, but you know, my business grew twenty percent a year, but the exit plan thing you know, everybody, all these trainers teach you how to get in the business, how to find a deal, how to operate a deal. Nobody teaches you how to get out. My whole goal is to teach you how and where to maximize your profit. Where's the sweet spot in that real estate deal? Where's the where's the sweet spot to maximize your profit? A lot of times people think exit is leaving the building, right? Um, it's not, you, you don't have to give up control. Exiting can be recapitalizing the building, pulling capital out of the property and, um, um, taking it off the table tax-free. Uh, you could bring a partner in. Hey, I did a deal one time, Chris, uh, that we, we owned and operated, had it for a short period of time, private investors in the deal and, uh, a, an insurance company came in to be our partners we made a couple million bucks on that deal and and it was just because of the exit that we had planned right yeah. so i think that you can plan a couple of different exits in a business you can maximize profit a couple of different times you know warren buffett says that the best time to sell is never so <laughs> you know is if you can hold can keep control pull money out tax free why don't you do that
1: yeah no absolutely you know, and I agree, you know, a good exit plan, you know, just prepares you for no matter what happens beyond your control, that you are in a position because of your plan to know how, what to do at a, at a certain time that, you know, that can at least that you could walk away with some control, you know, whereas many times people walk away with no, I, I you wouldn't believe, Mike, where I've talked to people that have walked away from businesses they've been in for several, many years and walked away with nothing. They just mm-hmm. like just left. The business went with them, and because they didn't prepare properly for right,
2: it. Right, Yeah, it goes back to uh, what is your um, what's your what's your plan? How are you planning to do it? And and there are some businesses that you know. I'm in a business that um, how do I, I I need to design a way that I can leave a legacy. Right and leave people behind, and that comes through programs, and it comes through material, and it comes through things that you can sell. But if you look at people like Earl Nightingale, I mean, he left a legacy. His products still sell today, So to this
1: day. Oh, yeah. Right.
2: So uh, those are those are the types types of things in service businesses that you leave. Right.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing. What, like, again, you know, like even creating a legacy. I mean. You know, the business could be, you know, yes, it could be, you know, gifted to the family, but it could also pass on to a new owner and, you know, and, you know, like Franklin Covey, right. You know, a lot of, you now that's owned by, it still has the Covey name, but yet it's owned by a different, different, you know, different entity. So you can, so it could be passed on even with the brand, the name and, and the, you know, and the collateral that, that, that helped build it in the first place. So true. Right,
2: right, right, right. So. you know I think the thing in real estate that people um, really need to grasp hold of, and you know it's a great fallacy if you think about it, but you know how do we create more cash flow yeah. to get people out of the rat race? You know there's so many people who want to get in real estate because they know it'll take them out of their w two job, that they can get started, that they can move forward. but but not only, how do you create that cash flow, But how do you create long-term wealth? Yeah, because that's really what it's about—is building that financial future for yourself. That's that's what I try to do with my my investment clients, right? Is I bring them in and say, "Hey, look, this is how this is going to look for the next three, five, seven years, however we structure that particular deal." And and I'm going to tell you what—it is a crazy uh, market these days. You know, the the real estate market. To find an apartment deal, this this, um, property that we bought in Tampa, 40 units, I literally underwrote, which means I took all of the financials, rolled my sleeves up, dug into the financials, built a plan to see if it was worth um, keeping, holding, selling, rehabbing. I did that 80 times over the course of six, seven months in order to write seven letters of intent to, to buy that property. All that is, is is a preliminary contract, right? To say, hey, this is what I want to pay. This is my terms to get one deal done. I was the bridesmaid six times, finally got to the altar once, right? <laughs> so, um, so people have to understand that in today's market, partner with somebody who knows the market, has relationships. This is yeah. such a relationship business.
1: I agree. I think that's so important. You know, there there's so like in this case there's so much so much value in in your network. And like you said, you're never going to be everything for everything in your everything or everyone in your business. And you're never going to know everything in your business and it's it's always key that if you can leverage your strengths and offset your weaknesses with resources, people that can help in those areas, that only just makes you more valuable as a solution to whatever that is in, in that person's business offer.
2: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. What would you recommend, you know, like when we talk about Mike, you know, like, you know, people are, you know, listening and saying, yeah, I'd like to have some more cash flow, because you know, too many people are trading time for money and they're working for their money instead of the money working for them. What would you say like in the in the line of business that you've been in, you're now you got this fund? What are some things that you can share with the audience in, in that regards?
2: Um, I, I think that uh, one of the things you want to look at is you want to look at the people you're going to partner with. That's really where it starts. Um, if you're going to be if you're going to be a passive investor, and, and there's two sides of the aisle, right? Active, that active guy's the one who's out there doing the construction work and and you know or overseeing it and running it and taking care of the the tenants trash and toilets every day, right that's the active investors. some people love that. I love it, right? I love to be the asset manager to oversee the the property manager who's taking care of all those day to day activities like i'm in cal I'm, I'm in uh, Chicago, and you know I bought a deal in Florida yeah. because I look at certain things in markets, so we can come back to that in a minute, but I think that the average passive investor needs to look at the sponsors. Had somebody say to me one time, uh, this probably, you know, I've only been back at this, Chris, for a couple of years. So about over over a year ago, I was on a I was on a meetup and I was telling my story, and somebody, probably 150 people on this call, and somebody said to me, "Hey, are you raising money again yet?" And I said, "No," and and they said to me, "Well, listen, when you start raising money, you let me know because I wouldn't want to invest with anybody other than you." Because you've already made the mistake. You know what to look out for. So again, success leaves clues, even if it was negative success, right?
1: Absolutely.
2: Now, not everybody learns from that. I know some guys that made some mistakes that are back that are making those same mistakes again. Same
1: mistakes again.
2: So make sure that you vet your sponsor. Make sure that you take time to, to get to know your sponsor. What are they thinking about? Do your values align? You know, yes. is your mission aligned? Look, my mission is to help you make more money, to help you grow your, your wealth, your long-term wealth. How do we do that? We do that from taking a property uh, today and making it more valuable tomorrow through construction, renovation, retenanting, reorganization of that property, and um, bringing it back to market so that we can pull capital off the table. You're going to get cash flow along the way um, and and know exactly what the exit's going to look like and when that's going to be. So there's different, uh, you know, actually, if somebody is interested in being a passive investor, they could go to my website. I have a a free um, ebook there called 27 Must Ask Questions to Vet Your Real Estate Deal. And it it really talks about um, talking about the sponsor, and it talks about the deal itself. What do you look at from a passive standpoint that makes sense? What should you look at? Everybody says, how come 27 questions? I go, well, you know, all my numbers end in seven. But um, <laughs> I, I, I it was just an oddball. It's actually
1: number. my lucky number, by the way.
2: <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> so you'll have to go get it for yourself. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um,
2: but so, so those are the things to look at. But here's a couple things that I look at going into a deal. I like to call these the deal traps, the market traps. And the first thing I want to look at is population growth. I want to go to markets where the population is growing and it's growing rapidly right now in Florida, in Texas, some of Tennessee, uh, Alabama. You know, there's some spots around the country that you really need to pay attention to. I kind of call that the smile of the U.S., so if you look from Dallas up to Charlotte, right? That that whole market there. Yeah. But Florida, between Tampa and Orlando, there's a thousand people a day moving to that market right now. And at that rate, what happens is you you create momentum, right? So now all of a sudden you have all these people crashing into the market. The next thing that happens is job growth. Because new businesses are going to open. Amazon's going to open up another distribution center. You're going to have FedEx open up distribution centers. You're going to have um, uh, tech companies move there. So job growth is going to happen. As a direct result of job growth, you now have um, popular household income grow. I want that to grow. For me, that's one of my key metrics. Because if the population or the household income grows, now I know I can grow my rent. Chris. We're in an inflationary period right now. I'm not sure what gas is in New York, but
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's like in the 424th, you know, it could fluctuate from 415 lowest to 450. That's for eight, you know, for for uh, 87, yeah.
2: Okay. So, um, the gas station next to my house and I live in the city of Chicago is fi- is like 505 wow. for a gallon of regular. And I know in California uh, some of my buddies on the West Coast are saying seven bucks right now. Yeah. So you got the cost of that up. You got the cost of lumber up. Um, I have a builder friend who uh, built a house in uh, here in Chicago. Um, spent eighteen thousand dollars on a rehab on a lumber order. The same exact lumber order on a house a block away. Uh, like three months later, paid thirty six thousand for. So. All this cost is going up. Interest rates are going up. How do you offset it? Well, passive real estate investing in, in a real estate asset where uh, rents are going to grow are what is going to offset your inflation. It's going to keep up with your cash flow. It's going to help you to have more cash flow. And of course, on the back end, it's going to create that long-term wealth for you.
1: I, I love what you just shared there. And I, I agree so, so much what you just said. And, you know, we got about we got about two and a half minutes left to the break. Mike, I kind of wanted to finish up this segment because you, you made some great points about, you know, passive income. And so many people don't take the time, like you said, to vet and research the source they're investing in. And I think that is so important because you talked about values. And I agree 100 percent where you got to align with that and making sure that, you know, that you, you know, success leaves clues, like you said, that when you feel good about somebody or an entity that you could feel comfortable that you're putting your money into the right hands that that's going to support and grow and make that money work for you. So I loved what you shared there. Any final comments to that, that point, you know, before we close the second segment?
2: Yeah. You know, this is a marathon, not a sprint. So whether you're an active investor uh, looking to get into the multifamily space and, and looking for a coach or a mentor. And Chris, I go back and I say, coaching is really important. Go get the guidance you need take the training course, get involved, have somebody hold your hand. You know, one of my coaching programs, I'll partner with my my clients, okay, Uh, to help them get to the next level. Um, But I don't have to be your coach. Go find a coach for yourself, somebody that's going to help you get to the next level. Um, I have a ton of resources on my website, you know, a lot of free stuff, some things you pay for. But go get that knowledge, go get that information, whether you're a passive investor, whether you're an active investor. You can uh, put your hands on all those resources.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, everybody that are, you know, if you're just joining us halfway through this segment, you know, we're talking here about redemption and success, the importance of exit planning with multifamily investments. You got to get to know Mike here. He's a little later in our in the show. You're gonna he's gonna, you're gonna get more information on where to contact him. Take advantage of not only the knowledge that he is sharing today, but also again these uh, free these free uh, resources that he is providing. We got to go to break, but when we come right back. We got more to come on the importance of exit planning and multifamily investments. We'll be right back after the break.
0: Now, back to Sustainable Success.
1: Welcome back to Sustainable Success. Our show, again, is being brought to you today by AlumniDirect.com. They are a new social media community platform dedicated to bringing together alumni and opportunity to rekindle old relationships and meet new people from different generations. Great source to also get uh, become a member and, and plug into all the various affinity programs that they offer and offering things that can help you in your business, your family, and personal well-being, things that normally you would not be eligible for without these affinity programs. Feel free to check them out at alumnidirect.com. That's alumnidirect.com. Mike, you had uh, shared some great information, I mean, not only about your personal story earlier in the show and talking about the power of how, you know, real estate, you know, and done in, in a way when you can partner with someone that you trust on shared values and how, that income can really work for you, especially during these tr- trying times with inflation and everything going on. And let's talk a little bit about, like, what would it look like, you know, if we dug in a little bit deeper, why it's so important when we look at the underwriting process when it yeah. comes to this area?
2: That's a great question. You know, I kind of talked about earlier those those traps, right? The population growth, job growth, household income. Um, those are the three major metrics we look at when we're going into a marketplace. And uh, I, I need to know that those are, are solid. And then I want to look at the property itself around those types of things also. I want to make sure that I can change the demographics if need be. Um, I want to make sure that the crime rate is something that I can live with. You know, every place has got crime, right? Yeah. But is there's a difference between, you know, a car break in and somebody shooting each other. Yes. So, you know, I, I, I just want to make sure I can live with what's going on there. You know, the first property I ever bought was um, if I would have just called the the um, police department to find out that there was a domestic dispute there 27 nights a month, you know, that's like perfect in February, right? <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, I, I might've thought differently about that property, but uh, so crime rate, demographics then i like to talk to the, to the economic development department in the cities you know what's on the books everybody's got a plan they have a 5 10 20 year uh, plan and map so what's in the path of progress around what we're doing so all those things that come together like that is really the first step we look at that make sure that when we we believe in what's, what's there and what's going on, now it's time to go to the next step. And that's the underwriting process. So now I'll take all the financials from the seller, uh, whether they come packaged by a broker or whether I get them off market from a seller. And I don't mean just on the back of a cocktail napkin. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, a computer printout of, here's what's happened the last 12 months. We call that a T12, right? A trailing 12 month uh, history. And I look at the income and I look at uh, the rents and where the rents are. And if I put in X amount of dollars in capital improvements, where can the rents go to? And who do I have to go get as a new tenant? So I'll give you an example for that. Buying a, Bought this property in Tampa, bought it on the north side of Tampa, right by Bush Gardens. Well, um, I'm taking the rents that are average at $950 a month right now. Going in, we're doing about, Uh, under $10,000, around $8,000 in renovations on every unit um, on the interiors, kitchens, baths, walls, lighting, uh, floor coverings, all those types of of amenities. And then we will be able to raise the rent till about $1,250 a unit. So I know that I'm getting a really substantial return on my renovation cost. I know that I'm going to get a return on my investment but where is my, my tenant going to come from? Well, here's what I know about Tampa. The south side of Tampa, those uh, uh, people are getting pushed out of their apartment that they're paying $1,200 a month, and those rents are going to 1600 1700 a month. Well, they can't afford it, but I can take that tenant, bring them to the north side, put them in my unit, and I have a better tenant paying more money and you know, uh, stabilizing the property.
1: And so, and they get a newer, they get a newer uh, place to live. I mean, everything's updated.
2: Correct. And this is all in my business plan, right? So this, and when I talk about business plan, I talk about exit planning because you have to have that exit plan in place before you even get to the closing table. So we knew what we were going to do. So uh, when I look at this and I'm originally underwriting it, I'm pu- putting in all of the, I'm, I'm looking at the rents. I'm looking at where the rents can go. I'm, I'm looking at uh, the vacancy and the loss to lease. You know, in, when, when people talk about vacancy, there's two kinds. There's physical vacancy. Nobody lives there, but there's economic vacancy. Somebody lives there and they're not paying the rent. Mm-hmm. So how do I burn that off in the next three months? And then other income, washers and dryers and you know, uh, parking and things like that, that I can create more revenue for the property. That all gives me uh, the ability, uh, that revenue gives me now the ability to look at my expenses. Where are they at? Can I run the property more efficiently than the current owner is? Can I raise the rent, cut the expenses? That's the perfect storm, right? Now, now I have a strong NOI, which increases the value of the property. So this is all I'm looking at, and I'm putting it into a metrics, and I'm running that out 10 years. I, I have a spreadsheet that I've built, and I teach underwriting, right? And people get this, this tool that we've created over 20 years, but it's an institutional grade underwriting tool. And why I like it so much, Chris, is because it's not locked. Your typical underwriting tool on the market out there today is locked. You can't manipulate yeah. the formulas. You can't change anything. This is unlocked. You can play with it. It's fluid. Play with it, yeah. Yep. And it gives you the ability to make a difference or see the difference in the numbers. So, oh, I love it. yeah. So I teach this, you know, this is one of the things I teach people. And um, you'd be surprised people go, man, this is so much different than what I've seen in the past. Here's what it comes down to. When all the numbers are in there, when I've run this out 10 years and I can look at what the cap rate is going in, what the bank uh, requires for a a debt service coverage ratio, which just means that can I pay the mortgage on a monthly basis and how much more than one time can I pay the mortgage? Um, What's my exit cap going to be? Now I start to put a stress test on it. What if I can't raise the rent that much? Now how does the return look? What if I can buy it for this price? What does the return look like? I'm a what if guy. I love to ask what if. What if the market changes? What if the market doesn't change? What if I can't find a tenant? What if I go to 30% vacancy? What if the cap rate on the back end does this or does this? You know, all those questions I want to answer. And I might not answer them on paper, but I'm answering them in my head. Because from an evaluation standpoint... I need to know what to look at. After I spend about six weeks with somebody teaching them this process, six less, you know, one time a week, six lessons, um, they get it. And now they go on and they can underwrite their own deal and they can really start to evaluate properties and say, Hey, this is something we should buy or shouldn't buy.
1: Well, I think that's great. And I, we highly encourage all of those people listening now to take advantage when uh, Mike shares later what, where you can get in contact with, this is a great information, a great area to look for those that are, you know, been looking to get into real estate, but now you can really, you know, trust somebody that's been doing it a long time and you, got, you don't have to navigate this alone. So we highly encourage that. Mike, with the time we have left, I, I would really kind of want to circle back. We talked about the journey of success, you know, when you started off the show and you got into everything, the great things that you're doing to help people in this business. Let's talk about redemption. And I know that this is something very important to you, obviously, through you know, that experience that you went through when you thought everything was falling apart and then how it all kind of came back together again and, and really that you've really found this place through redemption. Can you talk about that? Because I think it's a very important thing to kind of conclude our show here today.
2: Yeah, this is the, this is the piece that's most important to me. You know, I love all this other business stuff, but this is the piece that 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 I really think people need to key in on. And, and Chris, I think there's so many people in the world that are locked in their own mind, in their own prison, right? There could be, they, it could be addiction, it could be abuse, um, it could be a, a sexual abuse history, or it could be gambling addiction, alcohol, whatever it may be, right? We get trapped in this mental state Of I failure. And I don't, I, I just come from this school of, you know, don't let your past define you. Don't let what's going on in your life dictate what's happening now. You we all are faced with choices on a daily basis. And we can make these choices to live a more positive existence. You know, Chris, I was in prison for eight years. And then I came home the week they closed the world down for the pandemic. And I was in another prison for another, you know, couple of years here. And, um, I could have laid down and done nothing, right. I could have watched TV, slept all day, said, you know, really sung the blues, but I made that choice, that defining moment in my life of somebody who said, don't let these people beat you. Well, don't let whatever's going on in your life beat you, um, break out of it. You know, I, I, there's a, there's a song by a Christian recording artist uh, called Break Every Chain, and, and it's just one of those things that just really can grab you, and um, I, I just love that saying, break every chain, because you know what? We're, we, can be, we can let our past dictate us, or we can move forward and beyond our past, beyond our failures. I don't look at life as a failure today. I look at it as another lesson learned. You know, who was it? Thomas Edison, who uh, created the uh, light bulb 9,000 9, oh, yeah. times. And uh, he said it wasn't a failure. It was just another way how not to do it. And and I agree with that so much. You know, we all learn by our past. but You know, it goes back to my key saying, which is, you know, success leaves clues. Yeah. So I would just encourage people, hey, if you're stuck somewhere, something's going on in your life, reach out to somebody, you know, reach out, have a conversation, figure out what you need to do, what the next steps could be for you. And um, if you're looking to go build a future, then make that choice. Decide what you want to do. It all comes down to your why. Why do you want to accomplish something? Maybe it's for you. Maybe it's for your kids. um, Maybe it's for your future. But why? And once you decide that, and you get clarity on that, that'll help you go, you know, move forward. Yeah,
1: I love it. And if you could just speak for about another minute on this, Mike, it's like you know, some people that that feel like they've lost everything, or they they feel like you know they're they're a failure, and they feel like, well, everyone else seems, you know, some these other people just seem to have things that go right for them. This can this happens to all of us on some level, right. and it's always a choice that we got to go within. And it's not, we're not doing this alone. We're, do, we're taking control of what we can, what we can control, and we're surrendering what we can't to whatever that may be to you. Your higher power, if, you know, right. if you're Jesus, whatever your, your religion, whatever, your, whatever that may be, just if you could speak for a minute to that, I think that would be powerful.
2: So I think the big question I get asked a lot is how'd you get through it? And, and I always tell people, you know, I, the only way I got through it was through with Jesus. Um, I, that's the only way I walked through that because prison can be pretty dark. Anybody listening yeah. to this that's ever experienced that knows, knows that. And, uh, the only way I got through was with, you know, Jesus and I press into him every day. And even today, moving forward, um, that's who I have to trust in. That's yes. what I have to trust in. Yeah. You know, um, all this other stuff will happen as a direct result of my relationship with him.
1: I love it. Well, Mike, we're at the at the end of the show, and I can't thank you enough for taking time to be here with us, sharing your, your all your personal story, sharing from the heart, and really delivering so much value. Share with the audience, you know, how can they get in touch with you? What are you up to? And anything else that you'd like to share with them in the next uh, minute?
2: Yeah. Hey, you know what? First, I got to say this was awesome. Thank you. Um, I know you and I booked this months ago. Yes. I'm just really grateful to be here with you today and to uh, actually finally see you. Yes,
1: exactly. (laughs) Not not over Clubhouse.
2: (laughs) But if people want to see me or find me, they can find me anywhere that they love social media. So, I love Instagram and I love LinkedIn. Uh, Connect with me on LinkedIn. Connect with me on Instagram. Uh, you know, I'm on every platform out there. My company is My Core Intentions. You can follow my company or follow me personally. Uh, if you are looking to get a copy of Exit Plan or the 27 Must Ask Questions that I talked about or, or my ebook, Multifamily Fundamentals, you can go to my website at mycoreintentions.com forward slash free and go ahead and download one or all three of those publications right there. Um, if you're like me and you're an active reader and you like a book and you like to write in the margin and highlight it, dog ear the pages, you can uh, uh, buy the book there, but you can download a uh, ebook off of um, off my website. I love to network. If you're looking for somebody to speak at an event, come out and tell your, my story. Um, I am open to do that. I love that. Whether it's a podcast or whether it's in person, um, reach out to me at mike at mycoreintentions.com. I love to network and meet people and whatever I can do, answer any questions, help you in your journey of multifamily, maybe, you know, help you wherever you might be, maybe stuck in, in the world right now, but um, don't hesitate to, to give me a call.
1: Mike, thank you so much. We greatly appreciate it. We encourage you to get a hold of Mike and and take advantage of this. We want to thank you listeners each and every week joining us here in the Sustainable Success Way. We are committed to bringing in guest experts like Mike to share their words of wisdom and knowledge from personal experience to help move your business and personal success to the next level. We hope everyone has a great rest of the week, and we'll see you here next Thursday at 12 to 1 p.m. East Coast time. Have a great day, everyone.